0: All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, who Nation? Welcome into another training camp edition here at the who Discussion. As always, I am your host Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter. At Andrew Galata. and then also you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter at The Who Dat Dis. We have another jam-packed episode in store for you guys today, as we are now at our first day of training camp with pads on, as I'm recording this on a Monday night, August 17th, so earlier today the Saints conducted their first practice with pads here in 2020, and how a great sight that was. And I'll tell you about all of my observations that I saw from all the videos floating around social media today, and kind of what I thought about them, what I think about this team so far, and how do they look, and kinda all of that stuff there. And then also the second half of the episode, we're gonna finish up our 53-man roster projection here, our first projection here, and Again, we're going to talk about the defense and special teams today. We already talked about the offense in our last episode, so if you haven't seen that already, definitely check that out before we go into that second segment in the later portion of our show here today. But first, I wanted to start off with the Saints' first padded practices and the observations I had from it. And really, the first biggest main thing is just all the positivity that the Saints are back on the field the Saints are back playing, they're tackling, you got the one-on-one matchups, they're throwing balls, we got defended passes, we got big catches from receivers, and that was just amazing to see. To be talking about actual football right now is just, to me, the best thing, and I can't be any more excited for the season to start, and look, I mean, it's just great, you see Breeze throwing passes, You see guys like Alvin Kamari catching them, Michael Thomas catching them. You have some, again, training camp darlings who had Emmanuel Butler who had a good day. You had Emmanuel Sanders catching balls. Some amazing routes by him. He looked great today. You saw Jameis Winston. You saw Taysom Hill throwing, doing some great things on the defense. You saw the linebackers playing. You saw Cameron Jordan dance, and that's always great. You saw the secondary make some nice plays. P.J. Williams had a great day, which is obviously really huge for him as he needs a big year. But that was great to see. And just all the excitement around the team, you heard Sean Payton speak, Drew Brees speak, you heard Cameron Jordan speak, you had Nigel Bradham, the newest Saint, speak, and it was just all great stuff. And honestly, for this first day of practice, it was just a huge success because everyone was on the field, everyone was playing, you had all a lot of smiles, you saw the ball up in the air, you saw some players make some big plays, you saw some players make some impressions, and all of that is just 100% amazing and honestly, I'm just excited to see even more practices, now the Saints do have off tomorrow on Tuesday, but they'll be back on the field on Wednesday, and to me, that is just really big, so that's my first observation, is that just, look, we're back on the field, and we're ready to go, and that's just an amazing sight to see, second observation is really the player of the day, and that was P.J. Williams, it seemed, he had a pick, he had a forced fumble, he had a great day, which is going to be huge for him, as I said before, because If he's going to start in that slot role or safety, wherever he ends up playing, he's going to have to have a huge training camp. He's going to have to really take that next step so he doesn't have his job taken by C.D. Deuce or whoever it may be. Because really right now, you have C.D. Deuce coming in and it seems like he's going to take that third corner slot, that slot corner. And maybe P.J. Williams doesn't want to give it up so fast. And if he has a big training camp, that's going to really bode well for him, so... To me, that is great stuff there, and I'm definitely happy to see P.J. Williams play well. I was always a P.J. Williams fan. I think he really gives good, solid play, and look, he's not the star player, but he's a serviceable player at that slot position, and he's a good tackler on the most part. I know last year he didn't have the best year tackling, but in the past he was a really good tackler, and I think that will continue this year. Really good at forcing fumbles, really physical player. I like those types of players. C.B. Deuce also is too, and I think he is the potential to be a star. So that would obviously be better than P.J. Williams, but maybe P.J. Williams is going to take that next step and he's going to be going into that really above average starter category or maybe even the level after that. I mean, we're going to have to see, but that obviously is really big to see P.J. Williams play well. And I was definitely happy to hear that. And look, if the Saints have more depth, the better. And to me, that's really big. So that was really the star of the defense and probably the star of the whole day. To me, the runner up and the star of the offense had to be Emmanuel Butler, who made two outstanding plays on CD Deuce, who you were just talking about, and it was just jump balls. First first ball, it was just basically a go route, and Butler was able to win the one-on-one matchup. It was a beautiful throw by Taysom Hill, and to me, that was what you really needed to see. It was a great play, a great hookup between the two, with just a great throw by Taysom, and also a really nice one-on-one win from Emmanuel Butler, and then the second play was a jump ball by Jameis Winston, wasn't really a great thrown ball, and then you saw Emmanuel Butler just maw CD-Duce in a great play, and this is what we all saw from Emmanuel Butler last year, and look, you're going to see the overreaction start, but this was a great day for Emmanuel Butler, you kind of see those inklings back to Marcus Colston and some big receivers, and he's a player that if he keeps growing and growing, the Saints won't be putting him on the practice squad. They'll be putting him on the 53-man roster. And I haven't seen everything from him yet. He didn't make my first 53-man roster projection. But if he keeps on making plays like this, it's going to be hard to deny him a spot. Now, look, he can obviously not be a Marcus Colson. I don't even think right now his cap is Marcus Colson. I think that it could be even lower. Like, you don't really know yet. I mean, he could be a more of a Brandon Coleman type player. And even if he is a Brandon Coleman type player for an undrafted free agent, that's not a bad player. Like, that's not a bad pickup. Like, that's a fourth receiver that's obviously going to make some big plays. Brandon Coleman caught some touchdowns. He was part of the offense for a little bit, so maybe Emmanuel Butler could turn into that. Like, that's not awful. Like, obviously, you'd be hitting it out of the park if he ends up being that Marcus Colson type player, but you really can't say he's going to do that. yet. but obviously, a great day here to start. And look, being a training camp darling twice it's very hard to do. So let's see if he can do it multiple days, multiple weeks here as we're leading up to the 2020 season. So that's really my offensive spotlights on him. You also saw Jameis Winston shine, which I thought was really good. And he's been shining really this whole camp period. The coaches have been really talking very highly of him. And that's great. Like he's here to work. He's here to get better. And that look as your backup quarterback, as he really wants to learn, that's great to see. So I'm very happy of what he's doing. I think Taysom Hill's also doing very good. And we saw him really only one throw in all the videos I was watching. But I thought he did a very good job. And again, he's going to have to keep on making good throws like that if he's going to try to win that number two roll over and really that heir apparent for next year or whenever Drew Brees retires. But I thought that was very good. You saw Brees also look good. He made some nice throws there. He really wasn't tested today. As he was able to make a lot of basically wide open throws. Not a lot of jump balls. At least I didn't see a lot of jump balls. But every throw he made was on target and good. And really, so far, everything's good to go with Breeze. And look, I'm not worried about Breeze. I think he's going to come in here. Be a top 5 QB. Be as good as we all think he's going to be. And I'm just really excited to see him play. And the rest of the offense play. So all that stuff really looking good from the offense. I mean, you had Nick Underhill said the offense didn't really play that good. The defense was definitely better. But... Look, you're still, especially this first week, you're getting a lot of things worked out, especially on the offensive side. Usually that stuff comes on very, very quick. More is the defense. Once that offense really gets going, then usually they can exploit the defense and the defense then sees their problems and then they get better. But maybe the defense is coming on strong here and maybe the offense is then gonna kind of get better and then maybe both groups will be at a very high level. Like we don't really know how the season's going about here, but it's good to see that the defense is doing well. It's good to see that PJ Williams had a good day. And to me, that's all good stuff there. You saw Emmanuel Sanders, who to me looked very, very good. Michael Thomas looked good. And really, all great stuff from the day one of padded practices. And look, at the end of the day, it's just great to see that football is being played and that we get to talk about actual football plays, not projections, not predictions. We're actually talking about play on the field, how players did in this first practice and that's great. And we're obviously going to get more and more into that as the practices get longer. Like it was only an hour and a half practice and you really couldn't do that much in there. The Saints obviously didn't scrimmage or anything. It was just like one-on-one plays for like cornerback versus wide receiver and stuff like that. You saw some drills with like tackling technique and stuff. So all that stuff, very, very good. But we obviously have a long way to go here. And you're going to see a lot more evaluation once a real Lever 11 on 11, 7 on 7 practices start, or it really gets intense. Like today, I would call it a very positive practice, but I don't know how intense it was compared to some other Saints practices in the past. Definitely intense. I mean, I'm not gonna say it wasn't intense, but when you get to those real 11 on 11, 7 on 7 practices, those are when it really kind of gets interesting and you could really see what certain players are made of. I guess you could see it here too but I think more in those types of drills. So I think it's more to come here. In our next episode, we're going to kind of recap the whole week of camp as really we're only recapping one day. So our next episode will probably just be recapping the whole week because for the second half of the episode, we're going to be talking about our projection for the defense on the 53-man roster, and that is going to be really fun. So we're going to get right into that. But first, we are going to take a quick break. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. And now we're going to get into our second half of our 53-man roster projection. And now we're going to talk about the defense. We talked about the offense in our last episode. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it already. And for today, as I said, we're going to do the defense and then also special teams as well. So I think we're just going to jump right into it, start off with the defensive line. Here are the nine defensive linemen that I'm taking for the 53-man roster. Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Malcolm Brown, David Onyemata, Sheldon Rankins, Trey Hendrickson, Shai Tuttle, Mario Edwards Jr., Carl Granderson. And those are the nine guys that I took And there is one guy that I think a lot of people are going to say that, oh, why don't you have him on your roster? And that's Marcus Hunt. And I think Marcus Hunt could be a guy that could definitely battle with Mario Edwards Jr. and take that spot. But for right now, I like Mario Edwards Jr. Because I think he's a guy, first of all, we've seen what he can do. And he's definitely a guy that kind of fits in this rotation. He's definitely a rotational piece, a role player. But I really like his ability to come in, especially... When you saw Marcus Davenport Sheldon Rankins go down, you saw him get three sacks, which was actually pretty good. He was doing better than Trey Hendricks in there. And to me, that's very good. And he's a guy that can play defensive tackle, could play defensive end, gives you a lot of different pieces. And he's a guy that we've seen what he can do in a Saints uniform. Marcus Hunt, we've seen him be good against the run, but really against the pass and that sack and the pressures that he's been able to get isn't consistent last year had no sacks in 16 games the year before he had five though like five sacks would be great zero sacks we can't do especially if Davenport and Rankins miss time and that's why I want Mario Edwards as more of to me a guy you can rely on Hunt you really don't know what you're getting out of him could be really good could be really bad and he's a guy that was a second round pick and you thought that he was going to really hit it big, never really did. He is a good special teams player, so if the Saints need an extra special teams player, you may want to add him instead. Maybe you take him over a younger guy like Granderson, but I'd rather see Carl Granderson than Hunt here at this point, but Hunt's another guy that can play defensive tackle as well. It's going to be interesting to see how it all works out, but right now, I'd like to take the guy that was on the team last year, then the newcomer, just for now. Also, the offseason, we don't really know how he was doing in that truncated offseason, how he's learning the Saints playbook. He is a veteran, so you're thinking he can learn it quickly, but you don't know that for sure. So I want to see more from Marcus Hunt right now before we really get into giving him a roster spot, especially over a guy like Mario Edwards Jr., who I thought played a pretty good role here for the Saints in 2019. So I would keep him. And then like Granderson, I could see the Saints keeping Hunt over Granderson. I think Hunt could actually help this team more if Granderson doesn't get better. So if we don't see Granderson get better, I would actually rather have Hunt because I think Hunt can give you something that's solidified and that's good. So maybe as of right now, you're going to put Hunt in that spot. But I think Carl Granderson is going to get better. He's a guy that to me just needs to keep on learning, keep on soaking everything in. And I think that he's going to take the next step from being basically kind of like around the last man on the defensive line to maybe taking that next step. You're hoping maybe... And I think he's a guy that, look, he had some off-the-field issues. The Saints still stuck with him. So you're hoping, I think the Saints are hoping, excuse me, that he's going to turn into something. They really see something in him. So to me right now, I think Granison will make it over Hunt. And I think Edwards would make it over Hunt. But if Hunt shows up and back at that 2018 level where he had five sacks, He's going to make this team easy. And then it's probably going to be a battle between Mario Edwards and Carl Granderson. Because to me, I think Granderson needs to take the next step to make this team. I think he will. And I think last year he had the off the field issues in training camp. So he really only joined the team in the regular season. And then he was just building from there. So you saw just a lot of raw parts. But if he could put all that physicality together and learn some technique as well, kind of get a little faster in some places, I think he has a future in this league. I think it's very possible that he takes this next step here, and I think you're going to see that a lot in training camp. So I think right now you're going to put Granerson over Hunt, but I can see Hunt making this team easily because I think right now the Hunt from 2019 and the Granerson from 2019, I'd probably rather have the Hunt from 2019, but I think as a young player, I think Granerson could take that next step. I think as a young player, he could also be helpful on special teams. He played on special teams last year, if I'm not mistaken. Marguson also could play special teams as well. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see who the Saints take. Do they take the young guy? Do they take the veteran? And right now, I think they're going to take the young guy, especially if they have Mario Edwards making this team. And you really have kind of not as many like really young players, really only Shy Tuttle. Everyone else is almost a veteran-type player at this point, so you'd rather have at least one project on there that you think could take the next step, that's a young player going to inject some youth in here, because really it would only be Shy Tuttle and Carl Granderson. If Granderson's not on the roster, you really only have Shy Tuttle as a really young player. Davenport entering his third year, you have Trey Hendrickson entering his fourth year, more now like seasoned players. You want to have at least one player that maybe is a little unproven, that has good physicality, like you're looking at Granderson probably could have got drafted in the fifth round if it wasn't for his off the field issues. Now, if those are all solved, maybe you see him on this team and play a role. Because if I was going to take the height and the possibility, the potential of Granderson's career compared to Hunt at this point in Hunt's career, I'm probably taking Granderson at this point. So if the Saints can untap that, I think Granderson could definitely be the better player here in 2020. Now we're going to move over to our linebackers. And right now we're taking six linebackers, but actually maybe a seventh guy if Kiko Alonso is not ready. So right now it's DeMario Davis, Alex Anzalone, Nigel Bradham, Zach Bond, Kiko Alonso, Craig Robertson, and those are your six. And if you see Alonso still stay injured and not be ready for the start of the season, I think Caden Ellis will make this team. And the Saints just have so much depth here. When looking at it, I think you have five starters that would start for other teams in the NFL right now. I think Davis obviously would start for any other team, would be the best linebacker in the NFL. I think he's definitely up there, top three in my opinion. Then you have Alex Anzalone, who would be a starter. Nigel Bradham would be a starter. Zach Bond would be a starter. Kiko Alonso would be a starter. And Craig Robertson has started for the Saints in the past. And I think Caden Ellis is coming on to his own. And I think he could be a guy that also takes the next step here in 2020. But right now, I'd rather have Robertson because he's more of a special teams leader. He's a special teams captain. So I'd rather keep him on the roster for now. I think Ellis is definitely worthy of making this roster. And I really, really, really want to put him on the roster. But I think right now, I'll take the veteran Craig Robertson over Ellis. And I would love to see, though, Ellis take that next step. And maybe he then makes the team over Craig Robertson and he pushes Craig Robertson out. Maybe that happens for the Saints. But right now, I'm not ready to say that yet. If we see a really great training camp from Ellis and a not-so-good one from Robertson, maybe he loses another step as he's obviously a veteran player. Ellis is just getting better and better. Maybe Ellis makes his team instead. I think if Kiko Alonso is injured, I think Ellis definitely makes his team. If Kiko Alonso isn't injured, I think Ellis' job is up for jeopardy here. Him and Craig Robertson, I think it's going to be very, very close. So it's interesting to see how that all will work out. And another guy that I think could kind of shake some things up here, and I think he'll ultimately make the practice squad, but I think he has a shot of making the 53-man roster, is undrafted free agent Joe Bashy, and I think he's a guy that has a lot of great physical traits, and he's really good against run-stopping. We definitely need to see more in the pass-defending realm, and definitely guarding either a tight end or a running back he definitely needs help with that but he has a ton of really great physical traits that I think could translate to the NFL and if you see an injury happen or you see maybe some guys not play as well as you thought I think Bashi could definitely step up there as he's a guy that I think will ultimately end on the practice squad but he's definitely a guy to watch out for here in this training camp He had a PED suspension in his senior year at Michigan State, so that's why he wasn't drafted, a lot of people thought. And a lot of people graded him as the best undrafted free agent in all of this 2020 class here. So that's a guy that definitely has a shot of making this roster, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it all kind of pans out here. But linebacker is one of those positions where you could find talented players either late in the draft or in undrafted free agent spots. So I do think that Bashy has at least a chance to pan out here and actually become a really good player. He has all the tools, he just has to put everything together, and we'll see if the Saints coaching staff can help him do that, but I think he's a guy definitely to watch out for in these training camp practices as we see everything come together to this 2020 season. I think at the end of the day, I think he's a prime practice squad candidate, but I could definitely see him make this team if there's... Some shifts in the roster, as we said before, like injuries or guys not playing as well as we thought. But right now, I mean, you can't really ask anything more for these Saints linebackers. I mean, you have eight guys that would probably make any other roster here in the NFL. Coming into the offseason, this was definitely one of the things I was worried about with the Saints. And now coming out of it, this team just has so much depth. And you're just hoping a few of these guys pan out. I think the Saints may have the most depth in the NFL right now. And when looking at it, I'm just extremely excited about this group here. And now moving over to our last offensive group, and that's the secondary. And again, there are definitely some battles here. We're going to see what happens. But I think that we're just going to go right into it. Here are the 10 players that I think will make the 53-man roster from the secondary. So that's Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, C.D. Deuce, P.J. Williams... Justin Hardy, JT Gray, Patrick Robinson, and then I think DJ Swearinger will make it over Saquon Hampton, and Hampton could definitely be a practice squad player, but definitely watch out for Hampton make this team, taking the next step. It'll be interesting to see how he comes off the injury, but I definitely could see him make this team, especially in a special teams role, because he's a guy that was a special teams ace in college, and that's why really the Saints picked him. They loved what he can do on the special teams in the short term. And they're going to try to develop his long-term traits as well. So I think he's a prime practice squad candidate. But I think he could also make this team here. But for now, I'd rather have Swearinger as more of a veteran type player. But I think that this Saints secondary, I think it's the best we've ever seen from this Drew Brees, era. I'm just going to go out and say it. I think it's a really solid secondary. And if everyone plays up to their potential and up, to the back of their trading cards, as that's kind of a baseball term, but it will work in football too. If everyone plays to their normal stats, like this secondary should be very, very good. You have Marshawn Lattimore, who's a perennial pro bowler, has been money since we drafted him. You have Janoris Jenkins, who is the Giants' number one corner for the last four or five years, has been very, very good. And you can say that he's more of an up and down player, but I think that playing as a second corner will make him have more ups than downs. Because I think in that second spot, especially opposite Marshawn Lattimore, you're going to see him be able to make more plays on the ball. I think you're going to put him in better situations to make plays, to make some positive plays. And honestly, I'm just really excited about these two. And I really hope they can stay healthy. Because if these two guys can stay healthy, I think sky's the limit for the Saints cornerbacks. Then you're looking at your starting safeties with Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams. And then also you have C.D. Deuce here as kind of like your third safety or your slot corner. Those guys, I think, are just money. You have Malcolm Jenkins coming back. He's going to get guys in the right position to make plays. And he's a ball hawk himself. So I really like Malcolm Jenkins in this defense. Really great fit there. Marcus Williams, look, he's that ball hawk safety, that center fielder back there. I think he is a guy that's getting better and better each year. He said he obviously needs to get better on his tackling. And if he could just put everything together, I think he could definitely be a top five safety in this league. He has all the tools and he's slowly putting it all together. And look, he always be kind of remembered as the guy that missed the tackle in the Minnesota miracle. But I think he could really look past that and really help this team towards a Super Bowl here as being like one of those ball hawking safeties that gets a ton of picks that helps the Saints in turnovers a lot. So I really like him there. And then C.D. Deuce, he's a guy that I think could do so many different things. He's a guy that could be a slot corner. He could be a safety. He's going to be all over the field, kind of in that joker role. And he did really good in it last year. I think he could definitely do it again in a big role. So I'm really excited to see what he could do in year two here for the Saints. Then you have P.J. Williams, who has been a slot corner all this time for the Saints. And again, I think he's, as I said before, has done a really serviceable job. And I think he's amazing depth. And if he kind of gets better and takes the next step, you could see him start as well in this defense. Then after him, you're going to have Patrick Robinson kind of behind him also in that slot role. I think he's a guy that may get cut if you see a guy like Keith Washington take the next step. He was an undrafted free agent this year. Maybe he takes that next step and he becomes the corner depth that the Saints really need. So then the Saints may keep Washington over a guy like Patrick Robinson, but it will kind of be interesting to see. I think Robinson, he's a guy that, look, he's a good veteran, can play inside and outside, but do I trust him in an extended role of being the starting outside corner? Probably not, unless he returns to that forum where he played a really great job with the Eagles. He was like an amazing slot corner, one of the best slot corners in the league, and it just really never panned out for him, and you saw P.J. Williams really take his role, so maybe he can kind of return to that and make some plays for the Saints this season but I think he's a guy that's good depth if he's like six guys down the line that's what he is now but I think he's a guy that could definitely start for a few games and really hold down the fort a veteran knows what he's doing he knows the playbook and all that stuff but I think for long periods of time I think that's really kind of where the whole of the Saints roster may be because do you really trust Patrick Robinson really to take over let's say an outside corner role for like eight weeks I don't know about that So that's obviously going to be really interesting to see. But that's kind of where he is in a depth role here. Then you have Justin Hardy, JT Gray, who are ace special teamers. Great special teamers. They have a spot in this roster. And I think without them, I think you would see the special teams get worse. So I think these guys, look, special teams is really important. You got to flip the field. You need field position. So I think this will really, really help for the Saints there. And then the final spot, as we talked about, With Swearinger and Hampton, I would take Swearinger just because right now, I'd rather have the veteran there. And maybe if you want more of a younger player, a guy that definitely has untapped potential, maybe you look into a guy like Hampton. But I think right now, you should bring in Swearinger who could help the young guys that are on your 53-man roster right now get better. And he's a guy that, to me, you could see him play at a really high level. Just two years ago, he was playing at an extremely high level. You saw him in 2017 play at a very high level. So right now, he's a guy that could definitely start in a pinch and also brings great veteran nature to this team. And I think he could start more than a pinch. Like I would trust him starting at safety more than like Patrick Robinson starting at outside corner for a long period of time. And I definitely think that right now, Swearinger is a player that I think he has still something left in the tank here. I think he's a guy that come up in here actually play for a little bit he's just such a great ball hawker that he can make some plays for this team and I think that he has a spot on this roster now maybe they think Saquon Hampton's better and maybe they want that younger piece but if I was the coach if I was Sean Payton if I was Mickey Loomis I would take the veteran in DJ Swearinger there and then the last three spots special teamers and these are no-brainers Will Lutz, Thomas Morstead, Zach Wood and that's your 53-man roster so that is it and definitely, this is our first one. We're going to do another one before the season starts, before the Saints cut down their roster to 53. So that's probably going to be at the end of August. But I really enjoyed making this roster. And there's just one caveat I wanted to talk about with the offense and really with the offensive line, because James Hurst is suspended. So for those first four games, the Saints would have an open spot. And I think that's where Calvin Throckmorton would make the team, at least for four games. And then I think the Saints would reevaluate once Hurst makes it and he comes back on the roster. But right now, I think that Throckmorton makes this team, at least for the first four games. And then once Hurst comes back, I think you probably see him get moved to the practice squad. But at least for the first four games, you'll probably see Throckmorton make the team. But once Hurst comes back, and that's kind of what we're projecting here, then I'd see Hurst make the team and Throckmorton get moved either to the practice squad or however they're going to do that, because he probably won't have to go through waivers. So then he'll probably just go right to the practice squad. So that's probably where Throckmorton will be. But if he has to go through waivers, if he makes it through, because I think another team may pick him up, but if he makes it through, I could see the Saints stashing away in the practice squad. And if there's another injury, he would get moved up or just for depth purposes, keep him there. And then next year, if he's taking all the correct next steps, he should definitely make the team because he's another guy that was probably one of the best UDFAs and the Saints were able to sign him. So that's obviously really great stuff. So overall, I think Bashy and Throckmorton have a good shot at making this team. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out here. But that is the Saints 53-man roster. At least my projection for the Saints 53-man roster. I should definitely say that. This is my projection, not the actual roster. This is just my first one. I definitely want to see what the Saints could do here in this training camp and then I'll reevaluate and maybe I'll move some things maybe I won't but at least for now this is my projected 53 man group here for the Saints but I think with all that said it is time to wrap up this podcast if you like what we're doing here at the who Dat discussion you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms so that means on Twitter me personally I'm at Andrew Galata the podcast on Twitter is at the whodat and then also on Instagram the whodat discussion is at discussion so definitely check us out on there And then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts so that means iTunes Spotify Google Play all that fun stuff we are on there. I thought this was a jam-packed episode talked about the Saints' first pad of practice and also finished up our 53 man roster projection. Next episode, we're going to do more of those observations from training camp. At that point, we're probably going to have a full week of practices that were in the books. So we'll definitely look at all of what happened in those sessions. But that's all I have in store for you guys for this episode. So I wanted to say thank you guys for listening. Run it back. And who da.